Welcome to the Dare to Pivot podcast, a resource for inspiration and encouragement while you're on your path to purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is hosted by Wakia Hayward, that's me, and Barbara Wade, two middle-aged sisters who are passionate about having honest, open conversations with each other and special guests about faith, transparency, and living a life of purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is rooted in the Christian faith, and we believe that we are all made for a reason and with intention. However, it's up to us to pursue our purpose. By exploring the four foundational pillars of DARE, which are decisions, actions, results, and evaluations, we're hoping that women will be motivated to actively pursue their own purpose journeys. Join us as we learn together that it's never too late to be great. Ladies, welcome to the Data Pivot Podcast. We are so, so happy you're here. My name is Wakia Hayward. I'm your host. And, and this I is am... Barbara Way. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and we are um, here today with our special guest, Miss Latrell Bryant Bast. So, um, Latrell, she is the CEO of a group home in Baltimore City called Changing Lives at Home. So she's going to actually go in more into that, but we want to bring her on the show today because I think that she has this fantastic story and I know that women are going to be able to lean in and sort of uh, learn how she's been ever, she's had challenges in her life and she's taking those challenges now to go out and help other women and she's changing uh, women's lives and her group home actually specialized in women between the ages of 15 and 19. So that alone is just a huge, huge, crazy thing to do as far as I'm concerned. Um, (laughs) But it is so great. And we are so honored and blessed to have her here. So Latrell, welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. So (laughs) um, I gave the ladies a brief overview, obviously, of your organization. Could you please fill us in in, in what it looks like and, and, you know, just tell us about it. Um, the, the girls that we serve are a very um, difficult population to place. Most of our young ladies come from Department of um, Social Services. And so either they're placed with us most of the time with no fault of their own. So either through neglect, abuse, mental, physical, or emotional abuse from a parent or a guardian. Um, and so by the time we get them at that older age, um, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of mistrust. And so when we get them, um, we really, really try hard to give them an environment that is safe, that they can feel protected, that they can learn to build some trust in themselves and some adults so Mm -hmm. that they can transition from foster care to the next step. Because the state of Maryland at age of 21, they are done and they're basically on their own. So we try to give them the tools so that when they exit us, they are ready to go. Um, and so that has been a driving force for the agency for the last 15 years. And so everything that we did um, around that, after that, kind of started and was birthed right there. So Latrell, that just it bodes the question for me. How did you get to this population to uh, serve? So I grew up in foster care myself. Uh, and so my mother 
my biological mother was a substance abuser. And so back when I um, got into social service, it was, here's a relative, here's a good girlfriend, take care of my kid. And so that's how I got with my foster mother who was not my foster mother at first in African-American families, they just took them, right? And so she took me, but as she needed to do more some legal stuff, like get me into school or uh, make doctor's appointments, we had to do it leg legitimately, which is um, through foster care. And so um, when I grew up, I had an amazing mom, um, flight attendant. Um, dad was a accountant. And so we traveled and did some things. And so I knew that having that foundation made a heck of a difference in mm. who I would become as a woman, as a young woman. And so mm. I wanted to give that back to um, any young woman that I could. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. I'm glad you were able to make lemonade from that those limits um as like you said previously no fault of your own wow so how did you at what point did you get to um late well at what point did you decide that this would be your life work was it going to college or a particular program that you went back to to serve in um just when i kind of like reflected on where my life was moving to, um, wanted to, and I had a lot of women that always just fed into me from mm. grandmothers and all of these people, none of them were biological, right? Mm. And so mm -hmm. to know that every step of the way that Aunt Peaches planted this, or, you know, my grandma planted that, or Aunt Edna did that. And so mm -hmm. they, they all put together. And I know that that absolutely made a difference. And mm -hmm. And I wanted to make that difference for somebody um, because what you realize is that you're not alone. Someone else is there. So I grew up in an individual home, but in the group home, we, we serve five young ladies at a time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, teaching them to be a family with, with what you have, like you said, taking those lemons and making that lemonade. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's phenomenal. So you knew it was in your heart. You wanted to give back. How did that, um, how did you translate that into your formal education into social working and things of that nature? And so a lot of things that I do, I just jump feet first. So I said, I'm going to open up a group home. And mm -hmm. so when I, when I read the Comar regs and it said that you needed to have a degree in this, this and that, I didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. And so um, again, people pouring in. So my, my uncle said, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And so we, he let me allow our program to be built with his uh, degrees in education. Mm. And as I went to school to get my own um, degree so that I could be in charge and really make the decisions and not having to rely on um, someone else to sign off on documentation and mm -hmm. tracking them down because I knew what vision I wanted for the home. I wanted it to look like somewhere that I would live, that I would be proud to be. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, kind of, I wanted all that autonomy and I knew that I needed the education. So I said, you know what? I had gone to Morgan um, prior and I think I was a biology major then I was an accountant major. And I remember when I finally went to the Dean of Social Work and she said, it's about time you got here. It's the only A you got was in um, psychology. <laughs> Great. <laughs> 
is so great. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, you know what? You're right. And so that was just God leading me where he wanted me to be because I, I wanted to do whatever the career was that I thought would make the money, which was being a dentist or being an accountant when, when really my destiny was really helping and serve, serve people and especially women and young girls. Wonderful. Huh. Was you afraid when you first decided, like, cause this is like a heavy lift. Like this is not an easy thing. And, and like I said, you didn't pick like, you didn't pick like, you know, little ones who are still, you know, <laughs> flexible in their thoughts. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you know, you decided to go out the, you know, uh, young girls who were, who already had their mind and they already had their attitudes. They already had all that. You know, they already had the snap. They already had all that. All of that. <laughs> all of that. All of that. Yes. And so I would tell people when that, when I would hire women, I would say, some days your name will not be Miss So-and-so and you have to be okay with that. Honey, you better mm -hmm. preach. Right. And so you have to um, dig into your own book of tricks because that's all they needed. And yes, I was absolutely afraid as the air conditioner went out the window, as mace was sprayed in somebody's face. I'm like, okay, um, this is serious, right? Because you could lose your entire career, um, one false move, being mm -hmm. active to something that's not even yours, um, mm -hmm. you know, being identified or looking like someone that disappointed someone else. And so we did a lot of um, training around the staff so that they could clearly understand it's not you all the time. And, and no one wakes up and says, I'm gonna move into a group home today. And so mm -hmm. when you go in with that understanding and it's not all, sometimes you gotta go understand it and pray real, real deep um, because we're human. And so some of those buttons would be pushed. But if you always remember at the end of the day, they just need some love. And, and so I would see I would see that as they transition out, even if they would run away or we would, we, we would put them out because we, um, to this day, still mark ourselves as a standard home to be in. And if you don't want what we have to give, then it's okay for now, but we're mm -hmm. going to transition you out so that someone that does mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. want that wanted. So it has been scary, mm -hmm. um, doubtful because uh, being governed by the state is no easy task mm -hmm. at all. Um, but I love it because they make you hold that standard as well. So mm -hmm. yes, it was very scary. Some details, not all on out, but all came together at the end. And so 15 years later, it's, you know, we can close our eyes and kind of go, go from there. Wonderful. So, so in the uh, vision of yours, does a young lady transition out after a certain period of time, at a certain age, after meeting certain goals? What do you see in your heart? And it may be a different list. What you see in your heart as success and she's ready and what maybe the state says, you know, needs to be the time for her to transition out. So, our, so group homes are licensed uh, age groups. And so our age group is 15 to 19. Mm -hmm. um, we started 14 to 18. And I had a young lady that was my very first young lady. And when she turned 18, she went to college and said that she did not want to do that first year alone. So I moved my license up, requested to move it up so that we could accommodate her staying there her first year through um, community college. Okay. And so 
the girls come in. Sometimes we laugh. They come in the front door and leave out the back door, never to return. And sometimes they'll stay the duration of the four years, three years, mm-hmm. however long. And I always tell them, use us to get what you need. So when you mm-hmm. leave here, you go ready to go. So um, <clears throat> I think you had said earlier, the population, the age group now is, is very difficult because they um, there's a lot of dual diagnosis. So my earlier girls that came when we first opened, those young ladies kind of really did work the program. I mean, they, they fought, they got put out of school, um, but they all still stay together to this day. They come see me for Thanksgiving holidays and all of that. So we've kind of grown up together through mm-hmm. life, but this, this the, the group in the last maybe seven to eight years um, has been a lot more transient. Mm. Um, and, but when we do stable them out, they will stay and set the climate of this is our home. And if mm. you stay here, you're going to do this, this and that. And so we kind of use them to help um, mold their peers okay. um, into what the home-like setting is. Okay. So, right. so here's my question. My question is like, so, hmm. Because you're bringing these people, these these young ladies in, and they're coming in, and you're trying to foster this whole home environment, right? This place of love and peace. How do you keep your heart, you know what I'm saying, from just going out and wrapping itself around each young lady that comes in? You know, I think that will probably be like my biggest struggle, right? Is because you know, you you get so your heart gets so involved in it, especially for the ones who, like you said, you know, come in through the front door and just leave out through the back. So, so, so I had to learn to pick my battles because you want to save each and every last one, right? But sometimes you have to realize that I have five young ladies. If one, one can drag four of them all the way down to using drugs, to drinking, to um, prostitution. And so being mindful that we're not able to save everyone. And so making sure that we do. So it's very hard to disconnect hearts. I have um, my oldest son was a result of one of the young ladies that I fell in love with. Um, and she was born HIV positive, she passed away. And so mm. she gave me this beautiful gift. Mm. Um, and he has been with me for the last 10 years. And so it is very difficult not to fill your entire home with all those young ladies, um, mm-hmm. but really trying to find them resources outside of, um, outside of me and finding their own resources too. Cause I remember my husband was like, oh God, another, you bring another one home just for a minute, just for a minute. <laughs> so she can out, she can't stay. And so I did, I had to, um, as I had my own kids, I think it made it a little easier mm-hmm. to be, to make sure that I still stay focused to what the mission of helping these young ladies, but knowing that I can't bring them all home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I can't save them all either. And that, and through experience, I had to realize that as well. Well, that's a great segue. Tell me about your family life. How, at what point did you meet your husband, and how did how did he um, begin supporting you in this in this great passion that you have that you is also your vocation? Um, I I so when I started the group, I met with the I met a run group, and I started running. And so there was a group of people um, and we ran 
three and four times a week and he happened to be in the run group. And so I did half marathons and full mar six full marathons. And so that was a common ground. <clears throat> and so it sounded nice that, yeah, you do that for a living. And then he's like, so they're not leaving? No, <laughs> not yet. Um, or, you know, <laughs> to jump up and mend that. And so he had learned that this is part of who you are. You're going to bring home the wounded bird. We're going to figure it out, or at least you're going to jump up and go serve them um, in the middle of the night, in the early morning, in the, in the late of the day. And so he pretty much became a part of that as well. Hmm. I'm like, okay, we got to go pick up so-and-so. And so, and then when he realized that my baby wasn't leaving, he like, so he's never going home. I'm like, I don't think so. I, I, I think she's good. And so, um, he, she stayed alive two years of his life. And so I took care of her, um, in her, um, dying days of her life. And so, um, he was, he was there as a part of that and knew that that was um, non-negotiable for me, mm -hmm. uh, for me to take care of other people. And so I have, a, that is my 13 year old. And then I have a 10 year old. That's my biological, um, both of them are my biological, but that is one that I carried in my belly. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one I carried in my heart. Mm -hmm. and so um, I have two boys that are, they're not mushy. I kind of wish I had some girls maybe, or these girls keep me mushy. Cause those boys are not mushy. Girl, you got plenty of girls. You got to balance. You got to balance. I do. I do. So, yeah. okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you, your husband sounds like he has quite a few characteristics that complimented you well. So let me say this, that is my ex-husband. Okay. His All caring right. heart is not what made him my ex, but yes, okay. he okay. um he did the journey up. Well, I just got divorced last year, June, okay. June of last year. So I okay. am newly um, divorced. Okay. Wow. So wait a minute. I got to touch that one. <laughs> so newly divorced, uh -huh. still running your business, still doing big things. How are you being able to juggle? Again, this is like a heart question, right? How are you being able to still juggle all of that and deal with just the, you know, the feelings of the loss? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you just being able yeah, yeah, to yeah. stay focused with all of that? Because it, it is a lot of different struggles. And these young women are watching you, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the models are what's important. So they're watching. So what are you, like, how are you dealing with that? And what are you teaching them in this moment? Um... So I, I did have to take a moment to like do some self-care, right? And so I, I could probably be the poster kid for self-care. I will stand in the middle of the dirt and just stand there and breathe and get grounded. I appreciate those things now um, as I go through so that I could keep my sanity through it all because, um, you know, as, as a mom, as a, as a mentor, as a a leader, you you don't take it as, you don't wanna show that, okay, I failed, but I didn't fail. I grew from it. I loved my husband. My husband loved me, but we we had differences, right? And so, um, and being honest and true to myself, to me, that was strength for me. So I show them strength in that mm -hmm. and being able to 
at 52 decide I'm gonna carry this by myself and still run this business and grow this business. And so God has been everything for me. And so they they all know um, unapologetically, I'm a, I'm a praying woman, I'm a godly woman, I'm a God-fearing woman and yep, a bad word will flow out, <laughs> but God will, will lead me and guide me to make, I'm human. And so I think that is the biggest thing that I try to portray to all of them, right? So yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And I think that's what, that's what women need to see. Like, I think we, especially like growing up and stuff like that, I think it's so important that we sort of see the ins and outs of that and then be able to see you bounce back and still one keeps first things first. Like, you know, make sure God is there, make sure you have a, a solid center and then still moving forward and understanding that, you know, um, you're still worthy of this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you're still worthy. It's not over yet. Nope. Nope. Not at all. It's so funny. Yesterday, um, one of the ladies walked into my office and I'm laying on the floor and she goes, what's wrong? I'm getting grounded. I'm so stressed out today. I think my transparency and my honestness is what, what allows people to, and women to attract to me. I don't have a whole lot of cut cards. I'm not real superficial. Nope. It hurt. It hurt today. I'm gonna cry in this meeting because I'm happy. I'm gonna cry because I'm sad. Um, I show that even with my girls, um, I let them know that I make bad choices or I've made mistakes, but it's 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 nothing we can't learn from or grow from. And so that's what I I kind of hold on to and, and love about me the most. Awesome. I think awesome. I think the thing that's so fantastic about that, right, is that um, as so mo- you know we're all parents here and, you know, we get this shot to do it one time and we're hoping that we did it right. You know, mm-hmm. we are no later when our children, if our children have to go to counseling, but you know, we just hoping we did it right. The beautiful thing about, I think what you're doing is that you're getting a chance to constantly revamp and, and you're constantly getting a chance to, you know, do it right the next time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the next set of girls, you know, the things that you're constantly sharing to the, sharing with them and, and teaching them, I think is just so, outstanding don't get me wrong I'm not saying I I think it's easy because I think the girls have to be in a place to receive it right right absolutely but I think the fact that you're willing to even um have the conversation is beautiful like that's just a beautiful thing and so I think it takes so much patience (laughs) (laughs) it does to even have the conversation you know what I'm saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and and being able to to have that that same conversation with yourself sometimes, because, you know, we all kind of mirror each other, no matter how old we are, race, as, they, as women, we all somewhere or another look alike. And so I could lean to you for that strength for, you know, how do I balance this checkbook? I've never had to do it. Or how do I parent differently and better? And I, and I think it's using other women to build ourselves up and each other up. Um, gives that carriage and that strength. Well, that's a great segue to my question because I was going to ask about part of your self-care are relationships or a squad part of that self-care for you? Have you been able to maintain a community now that you are an, a, an adult and you are uh, running this uh, business how are you maintaining relationships with other women that help sharpen you as part of your self-care? Um, so we have this group. So I wake up and I decide to do something. 
And so I called my girlfriend and a couple of other uh, guy, real close guy friends. And I go, hey guys, let's run a marathon. It's virtual, it's COVID, let's do it. And so we got together. And so doing that training and pushing each other to do 10 miles and 15 miles and 22 miles is not an easy task. And so we all came together and throughout COVID decided that we were gonna accomplish things and push each other through doing it. And so we came up with this name called No Reason. So, you know, people will say, well, wh why do you run? No reason. Or mm -hmm. why no reason. It just makes life easier to say no reason. And it, and Love it. it. Love it's, it. it's fun. So we call ourselves the No Reason Group. And so we do, you know, things like burger night and make a big deal out of it and dress up and, and we put on red tight dresses and lipstick and, you know, we just <laughs> learn to celebrate ourselves and each other for absolutely no reason at all. That's cool. And so that's I a great idea. <laughs> I do. I love that group. And, and so they, um, I lost my father in October, but they like grabbed me and, and we support each other through all of life challenges. And all of us are, are grown and parents and divorced and moving and single um, and married, but all supporting each other for absolutely no reason, right? That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Love I, it. I love that. That is the best. So are you guys totally random or do you commit to at least doing you know a certain number of things for no reason or at least checking in a right we, times we, a month couple times a week what do you we kind of um check in um almost like as needed which is funny so christmas came and my husband had the kids and i'm like oh who has kids to give them away blah 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 so they we all came over and exchanged goofy gifts for christmas just so that i wouldn't be in a space and so um my girlfriend wanted a turkey burger and one of the guys makes really good turkey burgers. So we made a date out of it. And so we just make up. So for Easter, we're going to get big hats and we're going to have a church service in my living room because I'm <laughs> going to church. Yes. Right? yes. Oh and my so goodness. we're planning who, who's going to do church announcements and I'm going to direct the choir, which is going to be on YouTube. And, right, and right. so we just make up things to do to fulfill awesome. whatever one of the no reason people feel like we want to fulfill. So one, one gentleman wanted to do the Tough Mudder. So we're all signed up <gasps> Tough Mudder. I don't oh, do that. that. Now that's a sacrifice. That's Ooh. love right there. That but is love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so we just kind of, whenever one person jumps up and says, let's do something, then you have to do it with the group, with the group for no reason. So I think that's kind of been the connection. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah, I like it. I've been having fun. Wow. wow I love it. I love I love just how full and everything that life, even though you got so much stuff going on, you know, you're still making sure that you're keeping first things first. You know what I'm saying? Like family and friends and laughter and joy, and you're still making room for all of that. It, and it's hard. It's very difficult because it's easy to lay up under the covers. It's COVID, come home from work, take a nap. Um but to keep pushing yourself so that you don't um, do anything short of serving yourself and your family and your loved ones and keeping yourself energetic. And so I work at it. I work at it constantly to make sure that I, I do something. Wow. So. 
That is that's phenomenal. So I actually I actually love it. I think you've given us so much to think about in this thing. I think everybody's gonna remember the whole no reason group. You'll probably have like all these, you might be able to do like a whole no reason um affiliate across America where you have all these no reason groups <laughs> popping up all over the place. And um just because, and I mean I think that's just you know fantastic because I think all too often we get so wrapped up in doing something for a reason. Uh-huh. I thought of you telling me to do something for no reason almost sounds ridiculous. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so did, it, did it surprise you how many people are available to do? I'm sure everybody's not available for every event, but did it surprise you how many people uh, showed up for Christmas to exchange gifts because they didn't have a, a you know, a place to be or didn't have the kids that weekend? Um, yeah, it, it does. Um, so it does, and it's like you put it out there thinking no one wants to do these things but you, and they'll do it. Like I always wanted to do the polar bear plunge. And so this year they made it virtual. Mm-hmm. So we did the polar bear plunge and made it to, we won polar bear plunge of the week actually. Wow. Um, and made it to the championship. So we're like, yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe this went viral and this is <laughs> So yes. Um, and I always joke and say, I don't take myself that serious. I'll try it, right? If I fall off the bike or if I don't make it up the hill, I, I tried it. And that's all <laughs> I tell anybody, any woman, just try it. We can try it. No, and you try with a, a, a companion and with that encouragement. Yes, yes, that, that makes it That makes it a little bit easier. A to little bit easier, yep, <laughs> yep, so. so. So what are some of those things um, that, you know, a woman of a certain age <laughs> that you would just say, Hey, just try it. Um, run that, run that, uh, 5k Oof. run that, you know, run that 10 miler, get out there and, and run it and, and feel it. I, for me, it's so freeing. I know that everybody got into bike riding. And so I just got into it during COVID that was freeing and getting out there and sweating those roots out and, Tipping <laughs> those nails and all the stuff that I just you, you let it let it go sometimes, right? Right, right, right. Let it go sometimes, just so that you can live a, a liver liberating and freed existence and being. Hmm. Just do it. I love running, so I'm always going to tell people run, meditate, <laughs> take some time out, and and just relax. When 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 we come back and say, "Girl, these knees." <laughs> Honey, you better say that, child, because she act like we ain't got real knee problems in here. <laughs> but I'm going to let you do you. <laughs> I'm a digress. I might be to get on that bike, but when you talk about them knees, honey, them knees are like, uh, the fact that you said go run, my knees started saying, don't you even think about that. No way. We are going to go walk real fast. We're going to walk real fast. I walk fast now. I can do, we can walk some fast, but when you start talking about get out there hitting that pavement. <laughs> my whole situation just locked up and said absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> like, don't worry about those roots don't worry about those nails How about any honey, <laughs> honey but I, I like the freeing part I like the freeing and just that what it sounds like is above all else what you're really about is just you know having fun and having a good time and trying it like mm-hmm. just you know running and jumping which yep. I love yeah yeah just run and jump how do you make time for it all? Um, you you do. Um, I've I've read a lot of things, and one of the things that they often say about organization is schedule it. If I don't schedule it, I won't do it. 
Right. right? And so I schedule, um, the boys and I have signed up for Spanish classes with one of my no reason guys, he teaches Spanish. And so we schedule it. I thought nine to 12 would be miserable, but it's the best nine to 12 that we spend every other Saturday. And if I didn't schedule it, I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't commit to it. I wouldn't do it. And so actually scheduling it, um, scheduling meditation time, scheduling prayer time, scheduling it to add some importance to it because it is important. Love it. Love it. I think there was some really good tricks to that where just, you know, going out, trying stuff, girl, get you a new, a no reason club is what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) And then schedule time in your day to do some in your life to do these things that, you know, that are important, like actually put it on the schedule and make it and commit to doing it. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. I love it. It Well, ma'am, it does sound simple. It's so rich. (laughs) Honey, honey. So rich. It is. It is. Well, you know what, Latrell, we thank you so much for spending time with us today. We think this is just outstanding. I'm sure the women are going to get so much from this, from your, your wisdom today. And I mean, like, like Barbara said, it sounds so, so simple. I'm looking forward to seeing how many women actually do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I think you've motivated all of us to go out here and to just do a couple things for no reason. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. ladies. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you. So how Thank can we you. support your organization? What kind of needs do you all have? Great um, question. I'm volunteering. I'm doing some like life skill groups with the young ladies just to teach them just some different skills that you all have or someone else to give back. I know we um, would love like some career. Um, like we used to do career days and they were and different ladies would come in, you know, from police officers um, to whatever it is that they did differently, nurses, doctors to come and say, you can too as well. It kind of encourages the young ladies as well. That that okay. would be very helpful. Okay. And are you doing things in person now or have you incorporated, you know, virtual type of um, uh, functions? For the young ladies, they're all virtual for now. Okay. All yep. right. Yep. Absolutely. Got to keep right. the baby safe. Understood. <laughs> and we're going to have your website and everything in the description. So if women are interested, they'll go to your website and I guess they can actually inquire then about how to join some of the things. Absolutely. Please Perfect. do. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Uh, this is so great. This was such a great discussion. Exactly. Thank so you again. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. We appreciate right. you. We appreciate yep. you. Have a good one. All Take right. care. Be, Be safe. safe. Okay. <laughs>